What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, we're coming at you sober this time and <laughs> feeling better than ever. Uh, drinking water. Oh, please, not so loud, not so loud. Ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, my head. No, I'm drinking water. I believe you're drinking tea. Yes, a combination, actually, tea and water, double, double fisting today. I, we just went to like the complete opposite side of the spectrum <laughs> to overcompensate for what we did last week. But how are you feeling the next day? How was your, um, I know as soon as we hung up, we both went and ate. Oh my goodness. I, so I literally ordered food the actual second we stopped recording. Um, I got myself a nice, delicious Nashville hot chicken sandwich um, an extra serving of french fries. And I just, honestly, I just drunkenly sat in my chair, just fully engulfed all of that food, lay down into my bed and did not wake up until the next day. <laughs> I mean, the best way. That's probably the best way to handle. That was the best way that night could have ended. Probably. It was, it, it was so nice. And surprisingly, I woke up the next day with no hangover and was actually feeling okay. I was I was genuinely surprised that I wasn't a complete train wreck the next day, but I most definitely went comatose the moment we were done. Yeah. Um I had the same. I was prepared. I was fully prepared that the next day I was going to be heavily feeling the effects of every sip I had taken. But no, I felt fine the next day. Like I woke up anytime I drink, I always wake up like pretty early the next day. Right. Um, I don't know why. I guess my body's punishing me for <laughs> what I've done. You know what you did. It's like, you know, you know what's going on. You have to face the consequences you you made. And I'm like, ah, that's fair. So I wake up early and then like, obviously, I felt, you know, kind of groggy and, like, really hungry. But mm -hmm. other than that, I was good. I was, like, I don't know. I felt light on my feet. I felt sprightly. I was surprised. That's, you know, that doesn't always happen, but it's good when it does. I, I think for me, my biggest thing is the headache hangover I can deal with because, you know, you just take a nap and then usually you'll sleep it off. It's the It's the stomach feeling. That gets me. That's really why I'm not much of a drinker. It's like I hate how my stomach feels the day after drinking. Mm, that's the vodka. It, it was 100% the vodka. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vodka fighting back. <laughs> Moral of the story, just don't drink vodka. Like that's – I think that's the solution to many of the world's problems yeah. is just – just stop drinking vodka. Yeah, because the vodka was pun punches you the next day. While my Bailey's, on the other hand, gave me a nice gentle hug in the morning. <laughs> it warmed up my slippers and it brought me cocoa. And I said, oh, thank you. And it gave me a kiss on the forehead. And then it left and it said, I'll see you next time you decide to do a drunk episode. And I said, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, homies, if you don't know what we're talking about, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do yourself a favor and either, I guess, scroll up or down, depending on what you're listening to this mm -hmm. to, but check out our previous episode on grabbers, 
we did a drunken podcast that was a lot of fun and came out pretty well. Not gonna lie. Yes. Was 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 nervous sending it out into the ether, but I think it actually came out pretty damn good. Yeah. Came out better than uh, I was anticipating it to come out. I'm really, really happy that it did. Um, but today, we are switching gears a little bit, and we are going to the year is 2013. And they just dropped a trailer on MTV for the movie Unfriended, a movie like you've never seen before. I just feel like that was like the big thing. Is it was it, like, it was definitely you've was never seen. Oh my god, it's on Skype. Look at these teenagers. They're using technology that you use. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. But I did. I missed the boat on Unfriended. I didn't see it when it came out. And I this is my first time watching it. it was for the this episode. Oh, this was your this was your first watch for this movie. Yeah, this was my first watch. I remember. It's weird. It's weird because I was when I was like trying to think back and I was like, why didn't I go see Unfriended? Because by all accounts, in the year of our Lord, 2013, this is this seems like the exact kind of movie that I would have been like into at the time or at least would have been entertaining to me. You know, like I Mm -hmm. was all about going to see these kind of movies in theaters because they were just kind of like mindless for like horror fun. But for some reason, I didn't go to see this one. I'm wondering if maybe at that time I was kind of burnt out on them and I just didn't have any desire to. Um, So, yeah, I, I missed it the first time. Heard I've heard bits and pieces about it throughout the years, but it's on Netflix now. So it made it very convenient for us to watch. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see this movie in theaters either. Um, I watched it a couple years ago for the first time uh, on a whim and then watched it again for this episode. And I will say I had very differing views the second time watching it than I remember having the first time I watched it. Hmm. Uh, and it'll be interesting to kind of pick apart why that is. Yeah. Because I was almost surprised. I was surprised at how much my opinion had shifted over the years about this particular film. Hmm. But with that being said, should we just hop, skip, and skedaddle into it? Should we just dive in? Oh, yes. Please, if you'll conduct us through the plot, Maestro, um, we are ready. Conduct I shall. (laughs) (laughs) All right, homies, we're talking about Unfriended, directed by Leo Gabriadzi, written by Nelson Greaves, starring Shelley Henning, Moses Storm, Renee Olstead, Will Peltz, Jacob Wysocki, Courtney Halverson, and Heather Sosaman. Blair and Mitch join their friends Jess, Adam, Ken, and Val online for a late hangout session. However, the group is joined by a mysterious third party named Billy227. After failing to remove Billy from the chat, the group realized that the account belongs to their deceased friend Laura, who committed suicide just a year ago. Thinking it just a troll, the group continues to try and enjoy their night, but Billy has other plans. Insert excessive buffering, never have I ever, and fatal face smoothies here. Our film concludes with our group trying to survive as Billy exacts their revenge in the name of Laura Barnes. Roll credits. So this movie 
has some it has an interesting uh production like the way that they shot this film i think is really interesting um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's 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 a skype call yeah it's a skype call movie it's a skype call movie um so it makes sense that they would have had to get like a little innovative to film it because obviously every single person is going to be for the most part on screen the entire time uh so Mm -hmm. you're going to be seeing their reactions constantly and so the way that they shot this film was like a play well so i watched an interview with the 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 director and the producer (laughs) uh, question mark uh might have been it was either the director and the producer or the writer and the producer Um, Mm -hmm. and they said that the way that they shot it was they like made this, you know, rig themselves that was a laptop and it had a GoPro attached to the top of it. And each of the actors were in the same house in different rooms. And I guess they ran the entire movie all the way through. They did an 85 minute long take. I guess they did that four times. And then the other times they would do, you know, 45 minutes at a time and then take a break and then do the last bit of the movie or they would do 20 minutes at a time. But every time they did it, they were these long takes where the actors were just reacting to Mm -hmm. each other, basically. Yeah, which is very different than the norm for shooting most films. You know, most most movies, you'll have the actor come out of their trailer or whatever, if we're talking like a big budget movie, and they'll come on set when they're called, they'll do their bit for however long it takes, and then they'll go back to their trailer and wait for their next scene. Um, it's very rare, I think, nowadays to get films where you get to act out the entire film it's in its entirety in one take. I don't think that happens very often. Um, so that's definitely an interesting little bit that they have to do for this well, and film. It's, it's hard because and normally in a, in a regular movie, you have you have to reset for new camera angles. You switch between whatever actor, you know, you get one shot of one specific actor and then you do the reverse shot of the other actor's reactions. You know, it's not easy to do it all at once unless there's maybe a choreographed thing where everybody's constantly moving and that takes forever to set up and you know make sure everybody's in the right spot this movie's a little bit easier because they're you know sitting down looking straight dead on into a camera at all times it's like everybody knows it now we all have to sit on skype for hours at a time and talk to people it's Mm -hmm. It's, you know, just imagine doing that. But at the same time, you're filming a movie. (laughs) But I do think it works. That was probably the smartest thing that they could have done for this movie because it ensured that, you know, for the most part, everybody was reacting at the same time. Like the gradual reactions and realizations to what was happening on the camera was a natural progression for like all of the actors because they were seeing it in real time. Does right. that make sense? Uh, does that make sense? No, yeah, it, it, okay. it does. <laughs> it does. Cause like, I, I'm fairly sure, and I could be wrong about this, but like, I'm fairly sure. Um, so Adam Sidman, who I believe was the DP of this movie had to essentially create a Skype from scratch 
um, based on kind of surveillance camera technology, because they, I, I don't believe they shot this movie like in Skype. Like I think the technical aspect of doing that would be too difficult mm-hmm. because they needed to be able to capture all of the actors and actresses performances while also capturing the stuff that was happening on screen and to all get it happening like you said at the same time so if i think if they used actual software there could have been delays or like other production hiccups that they had to deal with so they essentially created a camera system a camera webcam system from scratch based off of other already established programs right and so this allowed them to communicate with each other um it's similar to how we do it now nowadays through zoom skype uh discord what have you like i think now if they had shot this movie now they might have been able to use the programs that we already have like in society but i think for that time they needed something a little bit more robust to make sure that all of the performances were happening in tandem um so the dp created this system that allowed them to communicate with each other and act with each other while they were then capturing the footage with the gopro which i thought was very innovative Mm -hmm. for what they were doing because that's the whole pull of this movie right is it's it's a movie happening on a on a laptop. The entire the entirety of the movie is happening in a chat room on a laptop. Which have we had we seen anything like this up until then, or was this kind of like the first to really branch out into the like tech horror territory? I think this is. I think this was the first one where the entire movie was all from one person's perspective on their camera in the sense of like you know we never faltered from that i think maybe this is the first one that was like it's the whole the entire feature length movie is all the camera or the is all the computer perspective i think this was the first one Mm -hmm. okay Um, i mean we we, we probably had movies beforehand that would maybe have moments like this but it wasn't the entire movie you know it was a moment in that movie yeah, because this is like it's kind of like a uh, a flip on found footage in a way mm-hmm. because it's still got that found footage vibe to it. Like you still have this sort of paranormal activity Blair Witch idea of like you're watching these real people deal with this real situation through a camera lens. But it's got the little finesse of like we're it, during the time when this movie came out, we were really making the transition into having all of society exist on social media. Like we were almost there, but we weren't there like we are today. Well, like I think we were just, you know, starting to lean into the like everything happens online. So for the time, I could definitely see that being a huge pull into why you would go see this movie. But even I mean, after a year of COVID now, too, I think this idea definitely works and probably resonates with more people than it might have back when this movie originally came out. Because now, like you said, a lot of people have experience being at home, having to actually communicate with each other over webcams. And uh, a horror movie happening out of that is, you know, those, mm-hmm. those go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, yeah. that, that's it's bound to happen. Well, and there's that movie Host that came mm-hmm. out um tw- last year i think it might have mm-hmm. like kind of been out in 2019 but it like really picked up steam last year that is on shutter that is um a similar thing it's all a skype or like a video call mm-hmm. and um and i think that obviously that movie was received a lot better than this movie was i think you know it's gotten much better reviews and more people enjoy that movie um mm-hmm. 
and and I think that it did a really good job of capitalizing, you know, on what everybody is experiencing right now. Now. And this movie, although it, you know, it 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 definitely did come at a time where technology was booming. Mm-hmm. Um I think it maybe just had a little bit of a hard time finding its footing because that was why people came to see it was just because of the the gimmick, the the concept, right? Right. And nobody else, nobody really knew what else they were getting, and and it's because I went back and rewatched the trailer. If you mm-hmm. rewatch the trailer, they really push the concept of this movie that you would have no, I would have had no clue what was really going to be happening in this movie besides that they were on a video call. <laughs> right. Like, because they have all that, they have all that like B roll before they yeah. get into the actual storyline of like random people in their jumping Facebook out videos. of planes. And they have like, are you talking about in the trailer? Yeah. In yeah. The trailer. Yeah. They're jumping out of planes and there's like a wedding and they're like, happy birthday. Like, you know, <laughs> they're just doing all this. Like, they're cutting between these, all these people's videos. And they're like, who the fuck are these people? And I'm like, I don't know are any all of these people, people in the movie? <laughs> What is the who? What is this? And, you know, yeah, and we see a lot of footage that's in the trailer that never comes back in the movie. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they were really, really just pushing this concept of like, this is new and this is crazy and like, this is the future and we get it. Like, we use technology too, you know what I mean? We get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't know, maybe that's why. I know, I guess a lot of people would have gone there just to see that concept and then not, and then, you know, had maybe no expectations or high expectations, low expectations. I'm not sure. But since you saw this movie a while ago and then are Mm -hmm. now rewatching it, I'm interested to hear what you thought of it the first time and then how that has changed for you now. Well, so I think the first time I saw this movie, I don't honestly recall like how long ago it was. It was definitely a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember watching it and I initially put it on because I was kind of like you. I'd missed the boat on seeing this movie in theaters. And I remember the concept being very interesting to me as somebody who grew up on the internet. Uh, I was very interested to see how a full-length movie via the eyes of a webcam would look. And so I remember watching the movie a first time and thinking that it was okay. It was passable. It was interesting enough to watch, um, but nothing really stood out to me. Nothing like really left a big imprint on me. Mm -hmm. And I remember just watching it being like, eh, all right, they did that. That was a thing. And then so... When we watch, when we, or when I rewatch this for the podcast today, um, I actually like the movie more now than I think I did back then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because, A, I've been so far removed from my first viewing of it that, like, my just perception has changed since then. Um, maybe it was the year of quarantine and all the online conversations have left something in me. Uh, but I thought the movie was a lot more solid this time around than last time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think specifically it's because, or one of the things is because the first time I watched it, I remember, I remember waiting for the kills, right. And thinking about how they were going to do those and like how it was going to work. And I think I left the first time disappointed with what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Something about the last time I or this time when I watched it, I don't know if it's because I watched it super late at night 
like after hanging out with people in a video call. But there was, I felt a lot of tension this time around. Like, even knowing what was going to happen to everybody and, like, you know, the fate of the characters and, like, knowing the plot and everything, I still felt the tension between the characters. And I think that a lot of that comes with the acting. And I was a little bit more impressed by the actual production of the movie itself, too. Um, Just because, like, I know that this movie had to be just a pain in the ass to edit and shoot mm-hmm. like it, it like it had to be rough which oh before i forget there was one other little production thing that i saw that was uh, apparently in post for this movie they had to treat the post production for this a lot more like an animation film than an actual movie film Mm -hmm. because there were so many things happening on the screen at once, which you very clearly see when you watch the movie. Like they've got tabs open in the back. They got like their their version of Facebook and all this stuff going all at the same time. Well, in the post-production for this, they had to make all of these separate individual layers to work um, on their own. So there there were times where they were editing this movie and there were 30 to 40 different elements on the screen at once that they had to manage one by one for the editing process, which I thought was like, holy shit, I did not want to be the editor on that movie. That sounds terrible. Yeah. But going back to your question, overall, I liked it a little bit more this time around than last time. Um, Also, because forgot to say, um, homies, spoilers, spoilers incoming. We're in spoiler land. You've been warned, et cetera, et cetera. Don't get spoiled. All right, please. Uh, Your feelings on the movie as your first watch. Yeah, it's just okay. Um, Maybe that's just the, you know, the thing about the first watch for this movie. It's just, it's okay. It's like, it's passable. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, maybe it would have been more fun if I watched it with people or, I don't know. Yeah, I, the thing about it was I was, it was entertaining while I was watching it. Like, I was fine. Uh, but uh, it also strikes me of one of those movies where I probably could have just thrown it on in the background and mm-hmm. been doing other things. And it would have been, like, a great horror movie for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The thing... I think the thing about it is... I agree. I actually think that the acting is one of the better parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um for the most part, it feels very natural. Some of the things that they say aren't. Like, some of the things that they say, I'm like, you're an adult. I can tell you're an adult. You're not 16. Mm-hmm. You are 35. You have a mortgage. I can tell by the way that you worded that sentence. And you know what? That's okay. But, like, f- for the most part, when things are popping off and, um, you know, things are getting tense, I do like the way that it's played and it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> there's a couple of things that just really were hot that if they were tweaked would have made this a much better movie for me. Okay. Um, and you got, homies, it's very easy. Like once a movie is already out, it's very easy to be like, oh, I would fix this and I would fix this and I would fix this. It's easy because you already have the blueprint. Like you already have the movie. Yeah. And you can just say, oh, well, if they had tweaked this and this and this. But but I'm still going to say it because I want to. Um, <laughs> so one of, Can't stop, won't stop. But I'm not going to stop. I just wanted to let you know I, I am aware that they have already built the entire city. And I'm just saying, hey, if you 
painted that building blue, it would have looked better. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. But one of the big things for me, because I do think that this is a very cool concept, and I understand why that is the draw of it, because I enjoyed the Skype element of it. I enjoyed watching Blair because Blair is like who we see everything from is like her perspective. And I enjoyed the moments when she would kind of like break away and she'd be like going to Facebook and she'd be doing all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they chose the right things to focus on. I didn't like... I, after a while, her breaking away and having these little chat conversations with Mitch was exhausting to me. Mm. I did not want to see them messaging anymore. It broke the tension. It just didn't seem necessary to me. At the beginning, it did. But once things were really popping off and she continued to go back to their chat, Mm -hmm. I didn't, it was like, I'm going to listen to you type again. And watch you type again because it was things the things that she were was typing were things that I felt were conveyed enough that I didn't need to see her type out. Like I didn't need to see her type out like, please calm down. Like you're making him angry. I I can see that he's angry. Like uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. I I was like okay. And like he's not reading that right now. Right. I'm like Mitch is. Girl, Mitch cannot be bothered to get back in this chat. He's a little bit preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it a rest. <laughs> like, <laughs> give your hands a rest. Um, so that was one thing is that I felt like those little moments weren't necessary. Like they could have taken those moments out and replaced them with more moments of Laura, like, fucking with their Facebook. And maybe she has to go on her Facebook and she has to see what, you know, like what Laura has posted now or like what is being said about her now or Mm -hmm. like seeing more moments of Laura doing things to them and that's why she has to go away from the Skype screen, not just to talk to her boyfriend who she's already Skyping. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) And so kind of... um, reeling everyone in so we have this uh we have this storyline right where we have laura laura barnes is the character that commits suicide a year before this movie takes place and the reason being is because someone anonymously posted a very embarrassing video of her at a party online to you know troll her essentially Mm -hmm. and she ends up taking her life and then it's a year later and we're in this conversation with a bunch of her peers that knew her and we get this unknown extra person in the chat that nobody knows who later in the movie is revealed to i guess be the spirit of laura barnes now uploaded and ready to be downloaded from the internet Mm -hmm. and uh so we through a couple different pages we get the uh information that uh, a spirit or a ghost can live on through technology and the way that it kills you essentially is it possesses you and then subsequently forces you to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And so now we have this group all in the chat room with what we perceive to be the ghost of Laura, who is very upset because she knows that one of them in the group is the one that initially posted the video. And so she's acting her revenge and she's threatening all of them saying if they attempt to leave this call before she figures this out, that she's going to kill them. Mm -hmm. And so that as a, as a story point, I was kind of here for, I was kind of here for it because like, for me, 
You know what it might have been? It might have been because watching it a first time, it was very passable for me. My expectations on the second watch weren't very high. Mm -hmm. And I think it met all the expectations that I had. And then there were little things that I may have noticed the second time around that colored the world a little bit better for me. Because I did like I did like that this movie had this um, underlying message about the effects of cyberbullying. Like, I did like that they tackled that as a subplot. I don't even know if it's a subplot. It's kind of like yeah. really the main thing here is that one of the, one of the people in this chat is a big cyberbully that ended up costing this girl her life, and now they're having to pay the price. Well, all of them are cyberbullies. Yeah, for the, all, all of them really are. Besides maybe Mitch, he seemed the most confused <laughs> about <laughs> the situation out of all of them. Uh, of course, we come to find out that all of them wrote kind of shitty things about her, like anonymously. But mm -hmm. I think out of all of them, he's probably like the least of a bully. Yeah. But he's, he's I, still a bully. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's still, yeah, all he's of them just, are still bad. He's just in training. He's got like his training <laughs> wheels on. He's not quite ready for the big leagues. He's a, he's a cyber bully apprentice. <laughs> a little cyber bully baby. But he's get he, well, he was getting there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like, so I like the idea of being haunted through the internet. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm here. I'm vibe with that. Uh, I think my biggest thing and why even though I liked it a little bit more this time, but it still kind of fell flat for me is so all the care we find out that all the characters are cyber bullies, right? And I think that is my biggest issue with the film is it makes sense that they all are. Don't get me wrong. But because of the fact that they're all actually kind of just shitty people, it's hard for me to care about them. Yeah. I found I found that to be my biggest issue watching this movie a second time. I agree. I agree. No, yeah, they're just like they're all kind of dicks. And like, especially the ones that are like kind of like big dicks from the beginning. Like I think like Val and Adam. Adam for sure. Yeah. It's like I don't give a shit if you get stuff coming to you. Yeah. Like I really don't. Yeah. It made it a little bit hard to I was tense because I didn't remember when everybody died, mm -hmm. but I it my tension was also watered down because I didn't really care if most of them died, you know? Mm -hmm. Like until until the end, I did care about what happened to both Blair and Mitch because like you don't find out what they do until the end and I had forgotten honestly. So like because they were pure in my head, for lack of a better term, like I cared about what happened to them, but the rest of the group, I was like, y'all kind of, I don't know. It kind of seems like this was a long time coming for y'all. See, I didn't even care. Mitch was the only one I cared about. I didn't oh, care yeah. about Blair either. At that point, she could have, she really could have left. She could have left the chat for me. Well, and so don't get me wrong. Like Blair is not a bad character. She's just annoying. Like, She's mm -hmm. very annoying and it's hard because we are completely from her perspective. So we're like very much in her head. And that's just another thing. It's like those messages were making me annoyed with her, like mm -hmm. watching her message Mitch and like she was being so vague. That's another thing, too, is like they were such vague messages. And then she would mm -hmm. get mad when he didn't know when she what she was talking about. Yeah, she'd like, be playing she, the pronoun game with yeah, him. And he's she like, was like, why did you what, question mark? And he was like, what? 
And she's like, why'd you do that? And he's like, do what? And she's like, the thing. What thing? You know, the thing on my page. I was like, Blair, just speak. Speak. <laughs> Use your words, Use Blair. Use your words. As many adjectives as you can, girl. You got to let them know there's a lot going on. And so, like, I... I do agree that the characters, although I feel they're acted well, aren't very strong in the sense that none of them really have anything to grasp onto. Like, there's nothing about them that makes me interested in them. I'm following them because they are the only characters on the screen, but I don't care about them. And so these this is actually leads into my second con is that I think an easy way for them to remedy that is so every time that Blair wanders away from the Skype, so she like goes onto a web page or she goes, you know, into the chat room with Mitch or whatever. Every time she does that, the Skype conversation fades out and it's mm-hmm. silence. And I don't quite understand why they couldn't have had all of the friends continue talking in the background. And they could have been talking about nonsense, but it would have helped me learn more about their personalities, just hearing them chat about random stuff like teenagers do. And Mm -hmm. I would have been able to learn things about them through that. Like the conversation that we get in the very, very beginning between Blair and Mitch Like, why couldn't we have more things like that going on in the background so that Mm -hmm. I can learn who these characters are besides, oh, Jess is the slut, Adam is the the dick, and Ken knows how technology works. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And? Like, like, what else? Um, I Yeah, I don't know why they, they chose to have them just fade out in the background because it also kind of took away the realism for me. Mm -hmm. Maybe if she had muted them, and yeah, which I think I, I will say, I think that's the idea that they were maybe going for is that when she would leave out, she would mute the conversations. But I think we needed some sort of visual yeah. cue to know that that's what was actually happening. Yeah, like they needed a visual cue because everything, if you're going for realism, everything else is we see her lowering the volume on her Spotify and doing all these things. And I need them to be muted at least once so that I know every time after that, that she's muting them. And also that doesn't work because a couple of times when she leaves the page, right when they need her to come back to the Skype, someone will say, Blair, hey, Blair, where'd you go? Or And right. then she'll come back. Or they'll say something to bring her back into the action. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, so they were just what they had went silent everyone was just sitting there staring at each other while blair was having her moment and then they were like hey blair uh we can't talk until you come back so (laughs) can you come back um yeah i don't know it just it took away some of the realism for me and it also made it where the these characters now only can exist when blair is is present is present yeah in the conversation which is not necessary for me yeah that's and i mean that's kind of like the risk you run with a movie like this right is your you've got this cool concept that you're doing this entire thing via an online chat room so you do have that gimmick going for you however because of this you now have to spend a lot of time with people being static characters like people are just sitting at their computer um and then you need to find a way to make that interesting visually for us the audience right and so when you do that but then you also kind of fall into this realm of having these 
tropey characters like the slut, the the rich jock dude, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, the tech guy. Like they are now the they're their their cliches, but they're their cliches with a handicap because they can't really move around. Mm-hmm. Like there's like we have their backgrounds wherever they're living and like maybe the occasional thing that they say or do to like reference who they are. But outside of that, we're left kind of with these like skeletons of these horror tropes that we're familiar with, but we can't really get to see in action because they're confined to their chairs. And I kind of agree with you that I think along with just caring about the characters more and seeing a little bit more group dynamic, the the chem the chemistry is what this movie was lacking a bit. Yeah. And I think even something like you said, having some conversation that isn't Blair um centric to let us know a little bit about the characters or even um how like in the trailer they had all these clips of like people that we never see in the actual movie, right? Mm-hmm. Give us some give us some background of these characters being happy. Like show yeah. show us their show us them as good people. Mm-hmm. So that when Billy227 enters the chat and says, no, all you all you fuckers are evil, there has to be some sort of conflict there. Because when they're getting called out by the spirit, it's hard for me to be like, oh, no, they probably didn't do that. Like, for all I know, yeah, these fuckers yeah, posted that video. Yeah, they for sure did it. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Officer, yeah. that's them. That's <laughs> right? them for sure. Yeah. So, like, I, I think we needed some of that juxtaposition there to, like, be like, okay, um, this 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 ghost character is saying a lot of things, but what I've seen so far with this group is, like, it seems kind of a stretch that this group would do that. Like, I think we needed to see a little bit more of this group's innocence to then care more about what's going to happen with them ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And more of me. Yeah. Cause then we would know, and then it would help us to know like, Oh, you know, I would have even, it also would have been nice. Maybe if, if, if we saw that, like some of them were closer to each other than others, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause Mitch and Adam are apparently best friends. Best Did friends. not, did not think that at all. They, right. they, uh, they seem like they had met, maybe a few times they, you know because they didn't have that like mitch seemed just as close to everybody else as adam barely addresses mitch until yeah. you know it's gone on a bit and then i assume that jess and blair are good friends just because they're the two girls in the group and then Ken is just kind of everybody's pal, I guess. But, you know, like, I want to know what their dynamic is and why they hang out and who hangs out together. Like, even if maybe at the beginning when they're, like, first getting on with each other. Don't get me. I love that right away, like, Blair is kind of getting, like, messages from Laura and it kind of starts. But I do think that immediately after she gets those messages, Blair is, like, uh, already on the defense like she's already uncomfortable and I wish we had a little moment before that when she still felt comfortable so that she could connect with her friends and like maybe Jess sends her a video of all of them at a party that they were at and she you know like and she puts it up on her Facebook or something and we see mm-hmm. a video of them having fun and then maybe we see a moment where like Adam and Mitch are broy broy you know yeah. like things like that and i'm like why is val why do y'all y'all hate val but you're going to a concert with her which isn't unrealistic i know that people that don't 
people friends talk shit about each other behind their backs all the time i think that that's very realistic especially for teenagers but i also need to know why they put up with val yeah we needed background right we need we needed a little bit more background with these characters to really sink our teeth into the plot here um because i don't know like personally for me um billy slash laura was my favorite character in this entire (laughs) film yeah because like the way the way that Billy two two seven was fucking with them was giving me life. I think yeah. that that might have been. I, I was trying to like pinpoint what it is that I enjoyed so much more in this watch. And I think it's I enjoyed Laura more in this one. It was like if Jigsaw became a virus on your computer. Like it was kind of that sort of vibe, mm-hmm. and I was here for it. Yeah, she was coming for their necks. I appreciated that, and and I do like this idea that like. Oh, Laura wasn't a saint either. Like she, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously they all had their issues, but it's just that our group that we're watching took it too far. And I do like that concept. Like I like that it's not like, you know, painting people to be these angels. Like everybody has their pros and their cons in this movie for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's cool. And another thing that I did think was interesting was that, so the way that this movie starts, it's like Blair and Mitch are Skyping. And then her friends tr- call her. And, and originally she declines the call. But then all of a sudden the call comes through. And so like that's how they all get on the call together. Val is not on the call. And it's Blair that brings her in. So mm-hmm. I feel like Val was like kind of a casualty of circumstance. I don't feel like anything would have happened to her if (laughs) Blair had just let it go and not assumed that it was Val. Because Blair was Mm -hmm. convinced that it was Val. Yeah. And because of her, (laughs) Val died, and she probably would have been fine. Mm Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. thought that that was interesting. I was like, that sucks. <laughs> you know, and that now that you bring that up, that was another thing is the the kills in this, although they were kind of um, frantic because of the nature of the film, like we really only get to see bits and pieces of the kills. They were a lot more gruesome to me this time around than the first time. I don't know if I just wasn't paying as close attention as I was this time, Mm -hmm. but these characters die some pretty fucked up deaths. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They all get, they're like all very painful deaths, which I appreciate. I love how in the beginning though, it's like each of them has to like show that they have some kind of weapon or some kind of thing that can be used against them um within mm-hmm. like the first five seconds that they're on camera it's like <laughs> mitch just has a sword like <laughs> or not a sword <laughs> it's a knife but he just has it in his bedroom ken has a blender because he was making salsa and like adam adam has a gun adam pulls out a gun to shoot adam pulls out a gun to shoot the cyber troll i guess <laughs> he pulls out a gun to threaten this person on a computer i'm like okay p- power move adam you really got him backed into a corner <laughs> so now he just has a gun out yeah and he that's how he dies and then jess's death is probably my favorite because i have often thought that a curling iron would be 
a horrible weapon to use against somebody. And although my favorite curling iron death is still from sleepaway camp, this one (laughs) is a good second um, because she gets a curling iron shoved down her throat, which is horrific. But I just when I was younger, I used to make like escape plans for myself just in case anybody broke into our house while like I was mm-hmm. home alone um, and I had multiple weapons that I had set up around my house just in case so I had a baseball bat in my room I had a very there's like a very heavy trophy in my sister's room that I thought if I got stuck in there I could use but then in my bathroom I thought that I would hide in my bathroom lock the door and while the door was locked I'd heat the curling iron up so Ooh. if they broke into the bathroom, I just whack them with the curling iron. So see, Erica's ready. I said, just in case you're wondering, yeah. Erica ain't playing no games. No. She will whoop your ass in a second, and she's got that shit planned out. I gotta unlock. I don't want to say that like I'm a professional, but. I've been trained since birth for these moments. But she's got a very special yeah, set I of have skills. A very specific set of skills, and I'm not afraid to use them. Um, but ever since I like thought of that idea, I was always like, man, a curling iron, it would be a good weapon and like a good thing to use against someone. And I always wanted to see it in more horror movies. So I did appreciate them using it in this one, especially because, of course, as when the movie starts, we see Jess like straightening her hair mm-hmm. with it and then it comes back later. So a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. And, you know, I never like I for me, I was, I'm going to ask like who you, who you think the worst death was. Um, I will say just out the gate, like I think hers is like the worst death because mm-hmm. a we see a lot of it. Ooh, it yeah. looks so painful. But then. Laura goes that extra mile and posts the death on Facebook. So petty. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Jess did to deserve that, but everybody else got killed in silence. Jess, <laughs> Jess's death got publicized for the yeah. entire world to see. She was real salty to Jess. And I thought that that was interesting because, I mean... If, if anybody was going to have that kind of a thing, I would think that it would be Ken because Ken was talking shit about Laura earlier mm-hmm. in the chat. He was saying all this stuff about how she deserved, you know, all the backlash that she got. And she not not a peep from her after she killed him. But right. Jess, yeah, she was like, and I think it's because so she, there's that moment where she's like they're playing Never have I ever. Never have I ever. So they're throwing all these accusations out at each other. Everyone's like, you know, are you high right now? Do you love this shit? Do you ever get nervous? Like, they're, you know, they're doing (laughs) the most. And there's a point in time where Billy asks never or she or she says, never have I ever or vandalized someone's grave. Implying that Jess did that. Mm -hmm. Jess never puts a finger down. She she keeps saying that she didn't do it. So we are never confirmed. Like, it's never confirmed it, that Jess did it or not. Is, is that how it went? I, I actually, I, I can't really remember. I, I thought that she put a finger down during that one, but I could be wrong. I don't think she did because I think before anybody, I think that's when things started popping off and Blair was like, mm-hmm. run, just like told her to run because her light, yeah. the lights went out in her house. Yeah, it was like lights out or something to like that. To be fair, though, all of them had fucked that game up because there were multiple 
people who should have put a finger down for something and they didn't. Uh, Blair and Adam, I'm looking at you. Both of them forgot to put a finger down. And mm-hmm. I think they were cheating. I don't think that was fair. <laughs> I mean, it all kind of didn't mean any. The Never Have I Ever game kind of ended up being pointless because yeah, nobody was, nobody was, died from that game specifically. But no, the the point of that was oh, just yeah, yeah. Billy exposing and just airing out all the. Which again is like I think that's why I liked this antagonist. If you can even really consider Billy the antagonist. Um, once you know everything, it's it's very clear based on the deaths that we get that Billy can off any of them whenever she feels like mm-hmm. it, um, but decides to take the time to like slowly enjoy and savor in their in their distress and their turmoil. She's like, I'm gonna make y'all squirm before I end your life, mm-hmm. which is like the perfect level of petty when it comes yeah, to ghost I'm gonna petty. Make, I'm going to make all of you guys hate each other before I kill you. And so I know I said, and I still stand by this, I Mitch was probably one of my, one of the characters that I was rooting for the most because out of everyone, he was the most likable quote unquote, and like the most understanding and seems to have the littlest, like he didn't play as much of a part in what happened as everybody else. Mm -hmm. But he, towards the end there though, he was, he was acting up and acting out. And I will say, I understand. I get it. I mean, he was very understandably pissed. I get it. But this is the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is why I started to get, I think the more that this movie went on, the more frustrated I became with the characters. Because by the point that both Val and Ken have been killed, and we're left with our last four, and like, she like sh- Billy is like manipulating the lights in Adam's house and knocking on his door and like we're very very obviously dealing with some supernatural shit and they're very aware of that mm-hmm. and they were really trying to play Billy they were really trying to act like they had a choice in any of the matter and I was like play just do what it says like you don't have yeah. a choice anymore and so when Adam, so it gets to a point where Adam and we we find out that Adam and Blair slept together, which is a big deal because A, Blair is dating Mitch. Adam is Mitch's best friend, apparently, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, and Blair and Mitch had made, like, both of them were supposed to be virgins and they were going to lose their virginity to each other. But obviously Blair is not a virgin. Mitch, however, is a virgin. And mm-hmm. so that's, like, the what we're dealing with at the moment. And and so right after that happens, inside of Adam's house, his printer prints off a piece of paper. Adam reads it and then he says he can't show it to the group. Mitch loses his everlasting mind. And then, mm-hmm. and so does Blair. Blair's also like, oh, come on, Adam, you piece of saggy shit. Like, she's just, like, <laughs> freaking out at him. And I'm like, okay. But then Blair also gets a piece of paper printed out in her house. And she also says that she can't read it. This is when, like, I get it, but it's so frustrating. Because Mitch is pissed. 
And he's like, no more secrets. And he tells Blair that if she doesn't show him the piece of paper, he's going to log off, which will mm-hmm. cause him to be killed. Now show me the paper. You don't want me to show you the paper. Oh, no, I do, but I show me the paper. You no, Mitch, no what are you doing, Mitch? Please, 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 So Blair ends up showing the piece of paper eventually, and it says, basically, like, if you show this, Adam will be killed. And so Adam mm-hmm. dies right after that. And then, Which and then I loved, by the way. I I'm did love that. Lie. I did love that moment. And then it's revealed that on Adam's paper, it said, if you show this, Blair will be killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then Mitch wants to act distraught which i'm sure he was but this was a moment in time where i just was like i know that you're mad i know that you're mad (laughs) and like this is a horrible thing that you've just discovered but i would think that and they're they're high schoolers it's hard for me to remember that because they don't look like some of them don't look like high schoolers some of them look Mm -hmm. like adults but they are high schoolers so i also get that But in this moment in time, I think that the higher, like, problem is the death thing, right? That's looming over your heads. So I understand him being upset. But when the papers printed out and they couldn't read them, I didn't understand why neither Jess nor Mitch could understand that they're not playing by their games. Like, they're playing by Billy's games. And I almost wish that one of them, either Adam or Blair, would have just been like, Couldn't they have just said, if I show you what's on this piece of paper, someone's going to die? Like, Billy is tricking you. I promise you, if I turn this piece of paper around, one of you will be killed. Mm -hmm. And we could have wrapped it up. (laughs) I mean, I like, I hear you. I hear you. I can also, on the flip side, see them potentially being too scared to do that. Like, if they give a clue. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody will. Yeah, somebody will still die. It was a very, very heat of the moment moment there. I think the thing that would have made this moment work better for me or this entire, like, plot line work better for me is that if. If that particular thing of like the, you know, her cheating on him had been given out earlier, then we would have had time to like watch Mitch build up anger. It would have given him something else to do because he is kind of just, a you know, the calm one for a very long time. Would have given him something to do. And so then when it finally reaches its peak of him wanting to see what's on their papers, I would have understood more where he was coming from because he had had time to build up this distrust. But having it happen in the midst of all these other discoveries and all this other fighting, it just feels kind of like a lot of fighting is happening all at once and we're not really having time to sit with the characters and like have us sit with these discoveries it was a nice little like gotcha moment but we as the audience already knew that she was that she had cheated on him so I kind of wish that he found out when we found out um and had time to build on that and then plus it would have just had more 
you know, their their friend group kind of falls apart all at once. And I think it would have been cool to watch them fall apart, like, more spread out throughout the movie. Because he finds out and then, like, basically right after he finds out, everybody starts dying. But, yeah, maybe if they had just finagled the actual sequences of the event, I would have definitely liked that, you know, show me the paper, freak out moment a lot more. Again, I that's actually probably one of my favorite games that Billy plays with them. Um, I think that was one of the most twisted ones, definitely mm-hmm. the most Saw-like, where it's like, that's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so fucked that... Uh, yeah. I wanted more moments like that. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. more of those, like... Y'all manip- did it to Yeah, like, manipulating each other into making each other die and, like, playing more games and doing you know if you don't do this in 30 seconds one of you will die or maybe like Mm because you know we have this moment where we realize that adam bargained with billy that if billy killed jess that they would the other three of them would be spared like more Mm -hmm. moments of like that manipulation of like turning them against each other I wanted like that. That if that was the whole movie, I would have been pleased. Very pleased. I would have been very pleased. Um, so I have good. I have two questions for you to kind of wrap us up. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one being, once you knew everything, um, how did you feel about how the movie ended? And then the second part to that is, do you think that the gimmick of this movie served it well? Okay. For the first question, I'm not super, I'm not a huge fan of the way the movie ended. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit cheap. I think they decided to go for that final scare, and I don't think it was necessary. Mm -hmm. I, what I thought was going to be the ending, which I think would have been very strong and would have been like a cool way to retwist this whole like cyberbullying narrative was that, so everybody dies except for Blair. Mm -hmm. And we come to find out that Blair was the one that posted the... Or, no, she recorded the video. She, she's she the one that recorded it and posted it. And then, it. I, no, I think, I think um, Mitch actually was the one who posted the video. Oh, really? I, like, yeah, that's, that's what I took. That could be a, a correct if I'm wrong, and if it is, I'll add that in in, like, post or something like that just to, like, clarify. But I'm pretty sure... Um, in the last little bit, Mitch is the one that initially posted the video online. Like he leaked it, but Blair's the one who caught all the footage of that night. Nah, it was Blair. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I thought she did it all on her own and just like cut herself out of it. And then, because I, I thought she lied. I thought yeah, she... the, yeah, that's what I think the first time I watched it, I thought that's what it was, too, is that she um, just decided that she cared about living more than giving her life. So she lets Mitch take the bullet for her. Mm-hmm. But I think they both had a hand in it. Like, I, I'm pretty sure everybody had a bit of a hand in the video. Mm, interesting. OK. Ex- God, see, that's why it gets so. Conf- and I and I don't mind that. Like, I like that it's kind of open to interpretation. But I also do think that some of them had no idea that Blair mm-hmm. did the video. I mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that because it the way that it like particularly 
Ken, the way that he talks about it, I feel like he didn't know that they had done the video. I feel like he was just happy that the video had come out and she like had gotten flack for it Mm -hmm. because of the way that he phrased it. Yeah. And he clearly did not like Laura. Yeah, yeah. He clearly didn't like her. And I also don't think that Val had anything to do with the video being uploaded either. I think sh- I think her problem was just that she told is that Laura Laura thought that she, or Laura told her to take something down or thought that she had posted the video and messaged her and then Val was just like why don't you go kill yourself and that was like mm-hmm. where she fucked up. But yeah. I don't think that Val had anything to do with it either. But so so any but so, but so Blair yeah so Blair was the one that filmed it and she so Laura posts that to Blair's page the full video she posts it to Blair's page so everybody knows now that Blair was the one that took that video of her Mm -hmm. and I was like oh cool because as soon as they posted it all of these comments start coming in that are like you're horrible I never want to talk to you again why don't you go kill yourself all of these things and I was thinking that it was going to end like that. Like I thought it was going to, we were going to see that. It was going to go back to like a shot of Blair's face, just taking in everything that everybody was saying. And it's almost like the cycle restarts. Same. Fucking same. And I felt like that would have been such a strong ending to leave Blair alive. And now she's going through the exact same thing that Laura went through. She's going to have to stay alive and deal with that. And it possibly might be another situation where Blair, you know, unfortunately does what Laura does. And, you know, because now, all the, yes, what Blair did was awful, but it's like now she's being, now, you know, cyberbullied. What what she did to someone else is now happening to her. And that would have been a great ending for me. Mm-hmm. Why would they kill? Because I'm like, if Laura, Laura's real revenge would be that it would yeah. be Blair going through what she went through. So why would she post that and then kill Blair? Because now Blair doesn't have to deal with the consequences. She just dies. Yeah. It just I didn't agree. make any sense. I 100 percent <laughs> I, I agree. I was the same way. I was like, oh, she's gonna make her just stew in this for like the rest of her life. But then yeah, we get the like kind of like cheap scare at the end, which I'm like, no. No, 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 no. And part of me just hopes that that was one of those just movie making things where like they were obligated to throw that in for, you know, studio purposes um, so that I can believe that the (laughs) original script had that as the ending, because that just seems like such a stronger ending than what we got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. It's like and it makes total sense because like we said, the the core message of this movie is like how cyberbullying can harm people yeah the effects of it yeah the effects of it and the effects of you know are how everybody is constantly on their technology and you know it's a way of connecting with people but it's also a way of like tearing people apart if that's the background of it then that that would have been the perfect ending but you're right i bet it was every movie not every movie but most horror movies they always want that like last you know, surprise, like scare. boom, gotcha, yeah, little gotcha moment. And so, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, but it's just a bummer because it's just such a weird, it's just a weird ending. Yeah, um, the um, well, real quick because you brought it up, um, there is 
Uh, I liked that they didn't kind of include the the cycle aspect of things too, though, where it's like she gets exposed and then it's put onto the page and then people are essentially saying the same shit. And it's like, I, I do think it, 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 pu- it puts this little magnifying glass on online behavior and cyberbullying and just how easy it is, unfortunately, where it's very easy to just type something anonymous, anonymously or even non-anonymously to not look somebody in the face and then type it based on something that you see online, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we find out that Blair is kind of this terrible person for what she did. But then the things that these people are saying to her once they find out, they're literally saying, they're like, go kill yourself and shit like that, which is not... Not a stretch from how people actually talk online. Oh, no. Yeah. Not even a stretch. It's actually kind of watered down version of how people talk online, where it really shows how brutal people can be when they have a computer screen between them and another person and just how honestly vicious it is Mm -hmm. and how it really does just create a cycle of like even if somebody terrible uh pops up on your timeline you telling them to go kill themselves is still bad like regardless of how bad the circumstance is like you're still perpetuating this cycle by continuing this dark narrative of the thing that you said or did or believe or whatever is so bad that you need to fucking die for it like that's messed yeah, up you're fighting hate with hate which is like yeah what's the but that's that's a lot of the internet and that's a lot of social media and that's like an unfortunate thing but i do i did think that this movie even if it didn't shine a light on it the entire time through did put a little bit of a lens on it and i think for the time that it came out too it was probably a good conversational bit if nothing else to be like yeah that's us. That is us online. Yeah. That is how we talk to people. Well, and and to go along with that, I do like the concept of it's like, you know, Laura didn't end up killing herself. And that's how she kills other people is it's you never you don't see her killing people. She like possesses them and makes them kill themselves, mm-hmm. which I think is was a smart way of it's a bit of brutal irony. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And so, and, and, and we see it a couple times because like Val, for instance, after she dies, Laura uploads um, a me- the message that Val had sent her that was like, you should kill yourself. And people do the same thing to Val. They're like, wow, like you're horrible. You made her kill herself. You should kill yourself. Like it's that same thing, which is another reason that I wish they would have just done that for all the characters. If you're going to do it for Val and Jess and Blair, what about the boys? Yeah. None of the guys get any. Do they not yeah. have social medias? That's a lie. I know they do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wish they had done that for every person. Maybe like posted something, even if, you know, because even if for Adam, if they had posted, you know, the video of him and, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of videos of Adam being an idiot like they could. She could she could have posted any of those. But yeah. But uh, what was the second question? Uh, the second one is, did the did the gimmick of the movie work for you as a whole? Like, do you think that for this movie, it's what we needed or should we have done this movie differently? I think that it works for this movie. I, I can't imagine. I actually think this movie would be worse if it was not done in the way that it was done. I just think that it's just a hard, it's hard. Like, it's a hard gimmick 
to pull off. This movie isn't super long. It's 85 minutes long or like 82 minutes or something. But um, it is still kind of a hard gimmick to pull off for a long time. And there were moments of this movie that felt long for me or like it was just too much but that doesn't take away from the fact that I do think this was probably the best way to portray this story and the most interesting way of portraying this story and it was cool like they they definitely had some cool elements that I think would not have been as cool if this was just if this was like shot like a regular film mm-hmm. I don't think it would have it wouldn't have hit the same yeah so I do I do enjoy the gimmick. I do think that it works 70% of the time. It works for me. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the reasons I asked though is uh for me, what's funny is like I like the gimmick and like I agree with everything every, everything you said. Like I think that that's how this movie had to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh my thing and one reason why I could see people being a bit upset about this film is although the gimmick is cool, I don't know about seeing this gimmick in a theater. Like, I'm kind of glad Mm. that I didn't because it almost felt like this was meant to be watched on a smaller screen. Like, I almost feel like if I went to go see this in theaters, I would have liked it a lot less than if I'd watch it at home. Yeah, I feel like this would be cool to watch on a laptop. Yeah. Like, I think you're supposed to consume this movie the way that the characters themselves are watching, you know, the things portray themselves. Because, like, I, th- I don't know, there's something about the idea of seeing it blown up on the big screen. I probably would have checked out, I think. Um, but granted, like I said, I did not see this movie in theaters, so I don't have that perspective. But it is something I thought about on this watch of, like, eh. I don't know if I would have wanted to pay $20 to go see this in theaters, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I also think I would have been more distracted by everything. Because even with the way that I watched it today, which was just like on my TV, Mm -hmm. I got really distracted. This is like a pro and a con of doing, of like filming this like it was a play, is that everybody's on screen. But the con is also that everybody's always on screen. And mm-hmm. so if there's ever a moment where somebody is like, because you can choose to watch any of them. Like you can, you know, look at any of the characters. And if there's ever a moment where like it didn't seem like they were reacting or like it was like almost like they weren't even in it, I kind of like clocked it and it kind of took me out a little bit. And I feel I like feel if that. I saw that on a big, if I saw it on a big screen, I would have been even more aware of that. Um, and that was just something that I was noticing and I feel like blow that up even more in my face and I would have been very aware of it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that, I feel that. (laughs) All right, well, shall we uh, rate this bad boy? Yes, we shall. What are we rating it out of? I feel like it's got to be curling irons, right? Yeah. Is that not the right choice for this one? Yeah, curling irons for sure. <laughs> you are correct. Um, would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'll go okay. first. Um, so this one for me, hmm, it's kind of funny. Like sitting down to get ready to do the to do the podcast, I think in my brain it was like a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think breaking it down a little bit more, uh, I'm, I'm going to dock it a tiny bit. And put it at a uh, 2.8. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I'm like, 
because like 2.8 out of 5 for me sounds pretty harsh um because like i don't think it's like the worst you know no scratch all that scratch all that i'm gonna i'm gonna go with where my heart was three out of five curling irons (laughs) um it's this this movie's got flaws this movie's not the best movie in the world and like i said before i probably would have been upset if i'd seen this in theaters um then i probably would have docked it a bit more but watching it at home I still do think the even if I didn't like the characters, all the actors and actresses gave great performances as their characters. Um, I believed who they were, even if I didn't like the people, I believed who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the gimmick was fun. Um, I do think they did a great job of recreating the online environment sans a couple little things that they could have tweaked. But I think they created this universe fairly well. Um, I really liked our antagonist and how it terrorized our main cast. And, you know, it's kind of like it's a it's a movie that's now based on where technology has grown a little bit dated. So things don't necessarily hit the same. But I do still think as a at home, like you're bored, want to watch like a, a new age horror movie. I don't think it's that bad. So I'm going to say three out of five curling irons. Nice. Okay, I'm going to rate this 2.7 curling irons out of 5. I think I have been a little bit hard on this movie. I have been really nitpicky, but that's only because this isn't just like a teen slasher. That's all it was. I definitely think I would have rated this higher because it... You know, I can enjoy those for what they are. But if you're going to be a movie that's going to try and have like a message and a deeper meaning, which this movie does, then I think you have to, you know, then you have to have a little bit more criticism towards you. Um, The things I do appreciate about this movie are... I like the mystery unfolding and us finding things out. Like, I love the way that information is given in this movie through the computer. Um, I enjoy that the pro, or I'm sorry, the antagonist is omnipresent. So it really gives you a reason to say, oh, well, this is why they didn't leave the house. This is why they couldn't just log off um, because this being can control everything. And like I said, the acting for the most part is good for me. Um, I just think I wanted more background of these characters. Um, I wish we could have seen them be friends more so that when their secrets come out, it's more of a blow to us and not just like, oh, okay, yeah, they're terrible people. What a surprise. And the ending kind of, you know, messed things up in my in my mind. And also you know, it's just a lot of people fighting, which is fine if I cared about all of the characters and wanted to see them succeed in the end, then I wouldn't have minded watching them fight so much. But if I don't care about any of them and I don't really have anybody to latch onto at all, seeing people fight and argue for 45 minutes is a bit of a battle. So yeah, 2.7 curling irons is I think where where this movie is gonna lie for me that's fair i think i think that's fair (laughs) all right homies well that is it for us today talking about unfriended um 
If you guys have seen this one, please let us know what your thoughts were. And also, they came out with a sequel for this one, The the Dark dark Web. web. So maybe we'll have to take a look at that sometime in the future. Um, But if you homies would like to talk to us about this movie or about anything else, or let us know if The Dark Web is worth taking a look at, um, then you can message us on our social medias. We are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer to send us an email you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com and we would very very much appreciate and love for you guys to head on over to apple podcasts and leave us a review if you like or a rating either one would make us very happy um so yep head over to Apple Podcasts for that. And as always, we will be seeing you homies next Monday. And we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. Catch you later, homies. Bye.